0: Leading from the inside out means that you are grounded in, you know, who you are, what you stand for, and you let your character influence the circumstances. You don't let the circumstances influence your character. People are watching, and you never know how much influence you have until your little boy or your little girl says something that you said, and you're like, oh, man, they they said something that they should have been saying, but they heard it from me.
1: how's it going everybody tom here from dad strong with another episode of our interview show if you're with us for the first time really stoked you guys are here welcome if you've been with us for a while really appreciate your support the podcast has been growing amazingly lately And on that note, I'd just like to ask you guys a favor, won't take much of your time, just leave us a rating and a review on whatever podcast platform you guys listen to so that we can keep bringing you uh, the guests that we've been bringing you and that we can grow and we can share this with many, many fathers as possible. Uh, We've had amazing guests like Lilly, Bert Soren, Bedris Kulian, and today I just interviewed JP Denell. And today's guest is uh, also no exception. His name is Anthony Waite, and it's about time that I got hold of him and did the show with him. really enjoyed it. Uh, growing up without a prominent father figure, Anthony has witnessed firsthand the significance that a man has in the success of his family, and most importantly, his legacy that he's carried through to his children. He believes that while it may not always be your fault, it's always your responsibility to break the cycle of emotional and physical poverty that may have been handed down to you. As a husband, father, and active duty naval officer, he has committed his life to service before self and seeks to be an example for those he leads and those he loves. Today, you can find him speaking on stage to an audiences ranging from elementary to executive level leaders and interviewing his next guest on his podcast, Whose Or Is This?, as I said, I really enjoyed this show with Anthony. I think he's got awesome pills of wisdom to share with us. I hope you guys enjoy it. I know that I got a lot out of it. So guys, over to my show with Anthony. Anthony, how's it going, man? How are you doing?
0: Good, man. How are you doing? Good to see you.
1: I've been, yeah, I've been under the weather a little bit, to be honest. Um, it's not COVID, or so I hope, but uh, I'm recovering, so it's been a bit of a rough week. I pushed myself too hard, didn't sleep enough. You know how the dad life goes. Oh, absolutely, man. It's a never-ending job. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on with you guys, man? It seems like there's a new thing every, every day or
0: every week in America. Uh, you know what? It's hard to keep up with, you know, and frankly, uh, one thing I've been help- that's been helping me get through, you know, these times that we're having is really, uh, you know, where I'm putting my focus and my attention, you know, and I, I try to keep my attention and focus on what I can control and not really on what I can't, you know, and um, I think that mitigates the chaos for me quite a bit.
1: Mm. Yeah, I know. I try and do the same thing. I fail sometimes, you know, I try not to even watch the news with my wife because um, uh, we end up getting into these discussions and it's amazing how you just let these influences into your house, you know what I mean? And it's kind of like when you're watching live TV, especially, which she does and she enjoys it. And, and I think it's good to be informed, but it just, it's such amazing how volatile we are, or how, how easy it is to get sparked off. You just have to say one thing and that leads to a whole nother conversation. And then all of a sudden that whole world that's out there is in your house.
0: That's right. And, and a lot of those things it's, we don't need in our house, right? We already got enough to deal with already. Why, why let other things in? They're going to make total chaos in our house. Yeah, that's so true.
1: And I actually was thinking about it the other morning because I was, um, I was writing my journal and I wrote, actually wrote that exact thing down. I said, How do, I, do I really have time to let these other things in? Do I even have time to discuss them? Um, I think you got two kids, am I right?
0: Yeah, two boys. How old are they? Uh, three and five.
1: Okay, so I've got a four-year-old, so he's been to the threes, he's going to the fives, and then I've got twins that are nine and a baby. That's well, she's 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 leaving the baby stage, but she's like nineteen months old. So, I think if you're saying that, then I think I should probably have the same approach of not being able to really waste time. And I think I think we do, hey. I think that, we, and that's why I think you probably would agree that that's why we don't. A lot of men don't take care of business, or when I'm not taking care of business and getting things done, it's a lot because my attention is split by many things that actually aren't moving me. And, and by being an armchair, you know, an armchair driver or an armchair referee, you're not really changing the situation any, anyway, you know?
0: That's right, you know, and if we really think about it, if you do everything that you need to do, you will find, and what I have found, is that you rarely do you have time to waste. Like, you don't. If you're doing everything that you should be doing and that you need to be doing to support yourself and your family, you very rarely have time to waste and and time you realize how precious it really is.
1: Yeah, I'm going to quote somebody that we know quite well. Um, Our our mentor, I would say in some ways, Ryan Mickler, I think actually just posted that today. I think it was that a man knows the, I think it was the worth of his time or something like that. I'm paraphrasing and butchering it, but it was something like that. Like a real man knows
0: that his time is precious. That's right. That's right. And uh, I think today what we see is too many people focused on the money and how much money they can make. And what I've found is that you can make money, you can lose money, and you can make it right back. But time, once you lose it, guess what? It never comes back.
1: Mm. And I think with kids, because we're actually we're talking on a little podcast we actually have. I mean, I don't know why I did it to myself. Maybe it's because I hope it's not a waste of time, but I do three podcasts a week. So one is with um, Fit Dad Lifestyle Leroy from Australia, and then another guy called um, Anthony, actually, as well, from California, Sacramento. Yeah. And he runs Dad Bod Apparel. I don't know if you've heard of that before. I have, Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So they did a show with me this morning and we were talking about that the average dad has 34 minutes of proper time with his kids a day.
0: Wow, 34?
1: On average, that basically that's the time. And I would even think that in some households that's quite a stretch, you know? I think that with cell phones and TV, we were just talking about the amount of distractions we have. And then I was talking about not just even the things that you and I are talking about, getting distracted. It's like you can just lie in bed with your kid and your mind is on the next podcast. Your mind is on the job and how you're going to plan for that. Your mind is on what's going to be for dinner. Like, so how much time are we really investing in our kids for their sake and then our sake as well, when our minds are just so drawn to a million things. And as you say, as you see in America, it's like the media. And I mean, it is reality. Let's let's be honest, it is happening. But when our minds are, are really open to that the whole time, I think we just, how, how do we how do we stop that? And how do we stop like focusing on those things and actually put it into um, into worthwhile endeavors, like in worthwhile thoughts? Because that's where it starts, right? It starts from. I've been watching a video of yours actually just now. Um, it took me too long, bro, too long to hook up with you. Actually, it's quite, it's crazy. <laughs> but talk, and, and I thought that'd be a cool topic. It's just this leading from the inside out. I just think it's such yeah. a cool, it's such a cool and important thing in this day and age for us men. And so that starts with obviously with our minds and our hearts. So how do you? How do you go about that to to quiet the noise and and pull pull back into yourself and then and then obviously be present
0: yeah, you know you said something interesting and and, and one of my coaches that I have a really good friend of mine and coach and he's become a business partner with me, you know he told me if you can 't lead behind your front door, you have no business leading outside of it and You know, when he told me that, it really hit me between the eyes because, you know, I'm in the the military, I'm a naval officer, and um, I hold a lot of titles and a lot of positions, but very rarely will I lead from those. You see, a lot of people that I I associate myself with, um, it's very easy to lead from the outside in. And that's good, and that's fine. You can influence, but what I found is it's only a matter of time before your character is found out. And really, for me, leading from the inside out means that you are grounded in you know, who you are, what you stand for, and you let your character influence the circumstances. You don't let the circumstances influence your character. And I think as a man, as a leader, not only in the outside of the home, but in the inside, people are watching and you never know how much influence you have until your little boy or your little girl says something that you said. And you're like, oh man, they <laughs> they said something that they should have been saying, but they heard it from me. And so we have to understand that we have to accept that responsibility because yeah. what comes with that is a future, not only of ourselves, but of what our kids, our legacy is going to be.
1: Mm. It's funny that you should mention that because I just said bullshit the other day. <laughs> and, my, and my little daughter, my little daughter was bullshit, bullshit. And I was like, man, and then today, it's going to sound kind of disgusting, but this is how I run my podcast. I'm pretty much open book and I'm not trying to be like something. And I try and keep it real, like you say, because it should be like that. You know, it's not of a position of leadership. Oh, you run a podcast, your dad podcast, it should be by your example. And I'm feeling a bit sick. So so I, like, I like was coughing in the, um, in the hammock that I have outside and I spat, <laughs> I spat into the grass and my little daughter was walking towards me. She just goes, <clears throat> and, yeah. started, and I just thought exactly that. I thought, oh my gosh, man. It just hits me all the time how much these kids watch us. And as they get older, my nine-year-olds are starting to really watch that more and I can't hide from them anymore who I am. I can't say one thing and do the other thing. And as you speak, as being a dad, and I mean, this is the Dad Strong Podcast, and we can obviously delve into leadership out there as well. But as far as being a dad, if you're not going from the inside, your kids are going to find you out. It might not be now. It might not be at nine. It might not be at 10. But one day they're going to be adults. And you don't want that to be that your whole legacy is ruined because you said one thing. But meanwhile, later on, they picked it up like that, you know?
0: Yeah, you know, and my biggest fear for me is, you know, especially as a dad, is to not be that central influencing factor in my kid's life and they go find it outside of the home, outside of me as their father. Um, I think what we're seeing today and a lot of problems we're having in the United States and in America specifically comes from, you know, kids that have lost their way and they're being influenced by what they see hmm. and things that, you know, I think the parents probably should have helped out to a certain extent. Right. I mean, let's be real. You can, you have so much influence before they go on and make their own choices. Exactly, yeah. However, I believe that most of the learning in psychology and science shows this before the age of 12, you know, a kid cannot rationalize their thinking. That's why they're not tried as adults when they do something bad, right? They get away with murder, literally. (laughs) But after the age of 12, guess what? You have a a thinking mind and a rational mind. And I, my hope for myself, but also any men that's listening to this, that you focus your efforts on being the centralized centralizing influence on those, on your kid's life. For as long as you can so that when they do go out in the world and you lose control of what can happen they are left with the morals ethics and character that you have instilled in them
1: mm-hmm. i totally agree and i think it's this thing about starting now you know it's like a lot of people put it off um, until a later stage and as you talk about money and career it's a disturbing habit or kind of a common thing that you hear about where, where dads will basically think that it's it's okay well my kids are at primary school it's fine i'm gonna go out and make the money i'm gonna then then i'm gonna build this life i'm gonna buy this house buy the car and then later we're gonna. Then I'm. Then I'm gonna be at home. I'm gonna make that time up. And it's such a bad trade because you can't trade the time with a four-year-old with a fourteen-year-old. You can't trade any time is not. It's not equal. It's not like you can go. Okay, well now I'm gonna work hard, and that's why it's this. It's not an. And like it's, I think it was Kip Sorensen that said this to me. He said it's not an or thing. It's an and thing. You've got to have hmm. and. You can't go well now. I'm gonna go do this and forget about my kids. Or and, and in the same way, we obviously we can't go well now. I'm just gonna stay at home and have no job. It's a very it's, it's a balance. But I, I think that, like you say, is 34 minutes is thirty four minutes enough to have that influence in your kid's life? Is that enough time for you to be the major influence of your, your kids when people are putting their kids in front of the TV and TV games like Fortnite, where this one guy talked about his son committing suicide and, and said it was COVID's fault and, and being isolated from his friend. But he's talking about his, I don't know how old the son was, but he said he's one of the best Fortnite players in America. And I went, <laughs> wow you know and it was a tragic yeah. story but it just you have to be aware of that
0: yeah um i think also you know when we when we think about it you know i look at my sons now and you know i grew up without a father and you know oh, a yeah. lot of the things that you know i do now i i've learned from what not to do um and and but I, but and, and i thought that that was normal that you know growing up without a father that you know it, it, it's not it's not you know uh Uh, it's not going to hinder my results as a man but it did and you know maybe we'll get into this uh, later on the episode but but what i found is that i'm i i'm not normal in the sense of how i lead and how i you know lead my family because there's a lot of men out there that blame their upbringing as a result of why they're doing why they're repeating the Mm, process right and i think our duty is to make sure that we break that cycle that we were given whether it was good or bad right it no longer serves us
1: yeah we,
0: we have to make that conscious decision to say you know what it begins with me, but it doesn't end with me because my kids are going to carry on this torch once I'm gone.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've realized that in my life. I mean, God bless my parents for the things that they did it right because they obviously did those things, but they were negative things. So it's it's been an interesting kind of process of first admitting that I was hurt by my childhood because I think a lot of us guys bury it down and we don't want to be weak. So it was first admitting, okay, I am weak. I have had rejection things. I have had Emotional issues. I have been sad. It's come out as anger more than sad. It's come out as ego. It's come out as trying to show off. It's come out as trying to um, get approval from other people. So there was that thing of actually just going, "No, Tom, you aren't that great." And facing the mirror and going, "You are hurt by your parents, but you have to move on from that being an excuse or that being something that you blame." And so I had to start distancing myself for that, reconcile my past, and go like, "Okay, this happened to me." But in spite of that, you have to, especially when you have kids, right? You can't keep on passing that to your kids because the hurt that you had, if you don't face that, deal with it, then you start passing that onto your children.
0: Yeah. You know, what I found too is that, you know, you talked about anger. You know, I had a lot of anger growing up and really up until my 20s. And what I realized is that anger is hatred turned inwards. People that are angry, it's not that they hate other people, it's that they hate themselves and what's happened to them. And mm-hmm. when you realize that and you learn to start loving yourself, only then can you really experience unconditional love. Even if your kids are telling you, and sh- the kids are the epitome of unconditional love, right? They yeah. love you no matter what. you, Until you hurt them or you break their trust, you know, everybody's given a slate, you know, with hundred, 100%, and each time that you don't hold your word, that you break your trust, that you hurt somebody in your family or they see that, you get tick marks taken away. You know, it's like a, a bank account. You put a dollar in or you take a dollar out. If you don't pay attention and you don't look at it, you might be overdrawn. And, you know, if that's the case, then you have a lot of work to do. Yeah.
1: But it's an interesting factor that you start looking for it outside of yourself. You know, you you start looking to the solution for your anger and your self-loathing and your lack of self-love. You start looking at outward things. You're trying to, you try to get the girl, you try to get the car, you try to get the money, you try to get the business. And eventually you realize, hang on, I'm still angry, man. I've got the awesome house. I've got the kids. I've got the car. I've got the wife. I've got the money. Hang on. Why am I still as angry? And this is me, bro. This was me. I was like, why am I yeah. still as angry as I was when I was just 20 and had nothing and was living in like a little hole, like trying to scrape together dimes, you know, to, to pay for whatever. Cause my, I grew up, I grew up in a poor family where I didn't really have much money, but it never improved. And I went like, this is so weird because your life situation can change, but you don't change unless you do that, that work, like you say, and if you actually deal with it and start realizing that the anger is anger at yourself, you know, anger with, with the mm-hmm. lack of. The lack of contentment and the lack of needing labels, as my friend Terence, who I had on the podcast last, was saying, the lack of needing labels to be who you are. You know, I'm a dad. I'm a triathlete. I'm part of the <laughs> council. I'm part of this. I'm a leader. And then you go, you know, and it's interesting that I meet you. And then we jumped right in here, dude. It's just like full on 100%. <laughs> and it's so weird because... And it's so strange because I never connected with you, even though I was in the Iron Council as a fellow team leader. I never connected with you in the, in the Iron Council. Oaks would always tell me, like, Anthony, this and Anthony, wait, that, and, be do have. And it was hilarious because I didn't watch your be do have speech until tonight. And I uh-huh. thought I was really smart because I took your be do have or whoever it came from and I made a podcast called Do Better, Be Better, Have Better, thinking it was original. <laughs> <laughs> and it was my slogan. It was my logo on the old uh, when it was Dad Syndicate. And then tonight, I was you were like at the end of the thing. You said you want You want You don't want to stay. You are. You know. You want to be better. Do better. Have better. And I was like, isn't yeah. that funny? But that made me realize that i that I probably should have connected with you earlier. But even yeah. in Iron Council, it was very interesting for me to see. And now I'm opening up and, and whatever, just to see how even being in a part like that, how your will to impress or your will to get affirmation or your will to get up I mean even an internet platform of you know it was cool because in one way you are motivating other guys by putting it out there but in another way if I'm honest with you and I'm sure people could see through that as well there was a there was ego attached to that there was ego of wanting to win wanting to be the best wanting to push myself harder than anybody Um, and that's another sign of like well when you're doing things instead of serving other people and you're doing things because you want other people's approval or recognition as ridiculous as it is in a Online platform. You know? <laughs> right. And that's what we get caught up in. And now, nowadays, we have now even social media and these things to create almost like a different experience or a different version of ourselves.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and, and if I had to be honest with you too, you know, a lot of my success early in my life, you know, on the outside looked very well. I mean, everybody thought that, you know, he's motivated and he's, a, you know, going to the top very fast, young guy, you know, rocking it, doing everything. But I was led by fear and by the approval of other people. Like Mm -hmm. I fed off of that and that's what pushed me. As long as people were saying, good job, good job, you know, I was continuing to do anything and everything to get to the top. And I realized that that good job was not enough. That external, you know, um, pat on the back was not giving me internal fulfillment. What I was doing was I was looking for external solutions for an internal problem. And after I started doing the work of really growing as a man, as a husband, as a father, I really realized that a lot of that came from not having a father growing up and not having a man tell me, I'm proud of you, son. Mm -hmm. And so I chased that I'm proud of you from other people, whether it was women, whether it was, you know, work, whether it was, you know, deployments, whether it was, you know, whatever, whatever I could get that from that fix of that internal brokenness that came from not having Mm -hmm. somebody say, you know, I'm proud of you. I was seeking that. And what it did was it showed up in my professional life. And although people looked at it as success for me, I looked at it as a, as really, you know, chasing this illusion if you will hmm.
1: yeah that makes me think i mean i had a obviously i had my dad he was there all the time but there, there came a time you know there was at primary school when i was a young kid there was it was great he would he coached me cricket he coached me rugby he came to my matches i won the races he used to say well done and then and then i started to move into my teenage years and that stopped and then it almost became more disapproval of what i was doing because i grew up in a Christian family and he had experienced certain things in his childhood or his life, which he kind of transferred onto me. He thought I was doing all sorts of stuff and it changed. It changed from being this father, being proud of me to my dad, basically just feeling like my dad was disapproving of me all the time, you know, and it's the same thing. It's like you kind of, and that's why it's so important for us to listen to podcasts like this and remember, cause you know, it's weird. Eh? We like have our own childhood where you and I experienced that yet. So many men will have that and then just carry on and not realize, Hey, I've got kids now. I need to then take care of that. I need to be strong enough. And especially when our daughters and our sons become teenagers to weather the storm of the teenage ice wall and go, it doesn't matter what they're doing. I need to be man enough and dad enough to love them, even when they don't want the kiss on the cheek, or even when they don't, when they pretend to not want me to say I love them, you know, and or, or pat on the back. And I think that's the thing that is important to remember how that affected us and to listen to guys like you who are successful, who do have a lot going for them, but nevertheless is still seeking his dad's approval at, you know, until, a, until a later not an old age, almost at an old age. I'm, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> but you know what I mean? And we do, yeah. I mean, I'm 42 now. I don't know how old are you now? I'm 35. Okay. You're young still still. You know, it's yeah. like, Youngsters still listen to me, oldie. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. I mean, we're older now, and we still we still do that. I wouldn't say it's totally gone yet. It's so funny. I was sitting with with someone the other day, and I said, "It's like my life is something I would have dreamed about at the age of eighteen. Yet, oh, there's yeah. still to satisfaction. There's still a seeking and a a striving for the out the out, uh, for something. And then, and then somehow believing, even though I know it's not the outwards thing, still having that drive to find it from external circumstances.
0: Yeah, you know, I look back at my, you talk about being a teen, you know, and I look back at, you know, when I was 17, you know, I, I, I left home, became homeless for a year and a half. And, you know, yeah. when I look at, when I look back at it, I'm like, you know, those were the, the times that I grew the most during challenges. And mm-hmm. when we look at today, we see a lot of men who run from the challenges instead of run towards them, you know, in the military background, obviously they, they you know, you learn to run towards the, the friction yeah. and the challenges, but I see a lot of men today, they, they'd rather run from their problems than of face them head on. You know, and that was my father's reality. He he. Every time there was something that got hard, he ran from it, right? And yeah, yeah. And um, and what I found when I was going through, you know, the growth and the change, there's really three things that I and we talked about them. You talked about it already about the awareness, but there's really three things that come with change. And number one is the awareness. Many men are walking around not even aware of the changes they need to make. And if they do become aware of it, they they quickly bury it or they numb it with alcohol or drugs or some kind of addiction, right? And once you become aware, you have to accept responsibility. And that comes with the acceptance. The second part of that is acceptance. And you have to accept the fact that, you know, my past is what it was, but it's not who I am. And it's not going to predict my future. And once you accept the things in the past that you cannot change, only then can you accept responsibility to take the third A, which is action. And that means every single day, like you said, we reach a certain level of success. There's people that will look at you and say, I want what you have. I want your life. And there's days probably where you look at your life and say, I don't want this no more. I want something more. I want something better. And I do it too. And people come over like, man, you have a beautiful house and you have a beautiful wife and beautiful kids. But guess what? There's days I come home and I'm like, gosh, can I do this anymore? I don't know, you know, because things get hard. And if you don't have the awareness of what you need to do and you look for that external fix, it's only temporary. Mm. Sustained success comes from an internal drive that only you can, you can, you know, pull out from you. There's motivation, right? We can listen. To other people, we can surround ourselves by other people, but nobody can do for you what you're not willing to do for yourself.
1: Mm. Yeah, you mentioned the self-awareness and stuff. I've I've started to in the last while. Like, I mean, it's amazing what awareness can do to yourself just by being aware of who you are and that you are trying to ease the pain, you know, that you're trying to put band-aids over freaking gashes, you know. And it's 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 been interesting to me because now I almost take it as a dashboard. It's like when I'm seeking something, when I need something, I almost know. When I'm looking at my phone too much, I know that something's not right in me. If I'm if I'm needing to have that beer too much, it's not that there's anything wrong with these things. And I think, like I think you said in that video, you know, it's fine. Yes, you should want, it's not bad to want a car, it's not bad to want a beautiful wife, it's not bad to want these things, but you've got to be first and you've got to understand that when you are wanting those things too much and it means too much to you, that's a sign that something's wrong. When you need to have that, it's almost like a swaging like that discomfort it's the sign and when so what i've started to realize is that when i do need those things it makes me stop and go hang on dude something's not right in you be aware and start realizing that you don't need that you need to actually go sit on or go walk in the forest by yourself or just sit with your kids and just reflect and stop stop the noise stop stop taking those drugs because you know drugs you know heroin cocaine whatever might be like hard drugs but but everybody's numbing their pain with something until Netflix, they do social media, media. yeah, yeah when, Netflix. When, okay. I mean, isn't it crazy? And you think, you think, do you really have time for that? And how much waste of time do we spend on those things that don't, they don't fulfill, man? They totally don't fulfill. I mean, at the end of the day, of scrolling through your phone, you actually feel more of a douche than you actually <laughs> felt when you wanted to do that to stop feeling bad, you know? And that's what right. happens with drugs as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we sit back you know and watch reality tv when the reality of it is right in front of you what you need to know you know one of my mentors says you know the 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 content of your life is the curriculum for your growth look around you like mm. you said when you know when you realize that you're on your phone too much that's a trigger to say hey i need to stop doing this the the content of your life what's going on around you you can, everybody that's listening to this can take inventory right now and they know inside their heart that little voice that we all have inside of us the intuition god whatever you want to call it that little voice will tell you where you need to grow your finances, your, your, your relationships, your health. We all know what we need to do, but the biggest gap we face is that between what we know and what we actually do. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. and what I've also learned too is that, you know, you talk about, you know, being attached to these things, all suffering, if you think about it, comes from attachment. Mm-hmm. All suffering, when we are attached to something and we realize that this life is not forever, that things will come and go, and that we won't be here long, if you're attached to something, whether that's a brand new car or the, the big house or the paycheck, mm-hmm. when you get attached to that and it's out of your control, somebody takes it away, right? Suffering will ensue. So yeah. we have to be mindful of that. Yeah.
1: Well, I think anyone listening to this podcast who listened to the last podcast should really like pick up the ears and realize that this must be a, a theme of guys who are getting after it because Terrence, who came on the last show and really amazing, I've had him on twice actually. He just filled in. He filled in because I was going to have Rudy Reyes and JP denell, which was cool. And they've oh, wow. rescheduled, which is awesome. I mean, how, I mean, yeah, that's awesome. how stoked is that? I mean, it's rare to talk to everybody. But and anyway, he came in and he did another show just off the cuff. So really thanks to him. But he was talking at the end of the show about labels and how... All these things like a brother, a father, a mother, um, an athlete, a teacher, anything of these things can be taken away from you at any single moment. So becoming attached to these labels and thinking you are those things sets you up for suffering, sets you up for pain, sets you up for success. I mean, not for success, for, for not succeeding. And then he said to you, then he said, what are you? Are you a lover? Are you a giver? Are you a listener? which is something that no one can take away from you. Are you someone who is empathetic towards other people? Are you compassionate? Which are things that are within. But we tend to be so obsessed and with, the, with the labels, you know, with what yeah. people see and what we have at the end. And that's the whole thing, is that in the process, right? I mean, we haven't talked about it that much on the show, so it's, it's cool to, to have you on here to talk a little bit more about that. And I loved how passionately you talked about it at the main event, which I can never make because it's in like my school term and it's so far away. Yeah. talked about be, do, have, and we really need to know that the order is that order. You know, it's three simple words, but the order, it cannot be the other way around. And so many people are making the mistake of going, I need to have this so that I can do this, so that I can be this. And and it it starts the other way around.
0: Yeah, you know, and that was my reality growing up, you know, not having a lot. You know, I I didn't come from, you know, um, riches or silver spoon in my mouth. You know, it was really more like welfare and food stamps and, you know, government housing. And what I thought as I looked around is I looked at the end result. You know, a lot of people are, 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 you know, they they fall into that trap today. Look at at most of the people today. They don't want to do the work. They want the end result though. They see the life that you have. They see the car you drive. They see the house you have. They see what you're doing. And they say, I want that. And they think it's just, you know, people are are selling this dream of overnight success. (laughs) And what I found is that you don't need to have anything to be who you need to be. You just need, you need to be, you need to get that vision and start becoming that person. Cause then what happens is you get to do and then have the result that you want. For example, you look at people that win the lottery, they get to have millions and millions of dollars. And within a six months time frame, they're on a TV show showing, telling everybody how they lost their millions, <laughs> you know, because they have yet become the person who's able to manage that.
1: Yeah. But I mean, it's being in present. I just find with myself lately and it's it's been probably a process of being doing this podcast, you know, just doing and and, and being a podcaster and being involved in this whole dad thing um, for a while, joining the Iron Council, being on, on, on the process, be, being humbled by my own stupidity and uh, ridiculousness at times that I thought I knew what, what it took and stuff and being able to learn from other men and to listen to guys like yourself and other men that's, Someone's if I'm honest, I don't feel worthy to carry their shoes, you know. But being able to just accept that and say, well, I need to learn from these guys. I move slowly but surely away from having because cause having accolades is once again having, right? It's getting accolades, it's receiving approval that you you need from other people and, and being being satisfied with with who I am and being happy to just be, you know, it's it's a state of just actually going as well. I know that you're talking about the drive inside. But I think before you have the drive, and you can correct me if I'm I'm off course here. I think you need to learn to just be like, yep. be with your and and when your father especially like learn to just be with your kids without anything else. Be there, look at them, yeah. look at them, look how they smile, get to know them, appreciate them, use them as I use my kids as therapy now. I know it sounds strange, but you know when I look at my daughter and I just and she's making like we were lying in the hammock today and she just she says hello, Papa like a million times to me. Um, but I love it every time and it just takes my mind off all this other stuff and makes me go, hang on, I'm here. I'm here now. And I think yeah. when we are wanting all that stuff in the future, whether it be the new job, whether it be the downloads of a podcast, whatever it is, whether it's that woman that you've been, you know, dating for ages and whatever you, you have to let that go sometimes and just be a person that is in your life right now and and satisfied. And for me, I've never felt like this in my life before, bro. And I don't have more than I had a year ago. You know, I have the same thing, but I just am able to relax. And, yeah. and I think it's overrated and it's, and it, and it and it's funny, Anthony, because it comes with drive. It's like, people think, oh, this guy's hustling and going for it. But when you're actually pushing for it, you actually have moments. I bet you have way more peace than the guy that thinks he's chilling on his couch the whole day, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I know, I know definitely, you know, be honest in, in in any guy listening to this, you know, as we have this discussion, nobody's perfect in the sense that, you know, we have it all figured out. Like, you know, there's days I come home and I'm off, you know, and I, and I miss those moments with my kids because I'm yeah. so focused on something else. Right. Got to go, yeah. go, go, Same you know, and, and my wife will listen to this and she'll attest to it. You know, there's days where she has to reel me back in and say, Hey, why don't you just go play with the kids? You yeah, know, I'm pissed yeah, right, out about stupid things, you know, something at work, you know, you know, pissed me off. And all of a sudden now I dragged the baggage into the yeah, house, like, you know, and, um, you know, it's interesting you were saying this because I was talking to a, a coaching client just recently and I said, you know, we really come from three places more times than not in our life. The historian or that we, we, we we're creating from the past, we're creating from the future, or we're creating from, um, from the present moment. And what I want people to understand is that we don't have a choice whether we're creating or not we're going to be creating, we're creating a life right now as we speak, right? What you say yes to will run your life. Yeah. And you have no choice whether or not you are creating a life. The question is, how are you creating it from the past, from the future, from the present, or this fourth place, which you just spoke about, and that is from the now, meaning mm-hmm. you are not focused on past hurts, past results, past you know, success, you know, the good old days. You're not so focused in the future that you lost touch of the present. But also in the present moment, in the circumstances that we have going on, instead of turning on the news and watching the reporter, you say, I'm going to be here in the now. Meaning, I'm going to be at peace with what I have. And I think what i found is when you come from the now, you come from a place of gratitude.
1: Yeah, exactly, man. And the thing that I've been doing lately is I've just found myself – and I think think it's another little – well, for me, it was a little sign that I've moved forward. And it's so weird. You think that you would have the outward thing of like, I've, I've achieved this and now I'm doing this. But this is the, the greatest, one of the best achievements of my last <laughs> while is I'm walking through my house at night. I walk up the stairs and I smile to myself knowing, just, just thinking about the people behind the doors. Sleeping, hmm. my kids sleeping in the room, my wife maybe doing whatever. Just this moment of like, that gratitude moment. And it started to make me think like, wow, how often... Do we not even, are we not even able to enjoy what we do have because we wanting that next thing or we are regretting the past instead of just walking up and being able to just go and like that smile comes across my face and I just caught myself lately doing it so often and just being so satisfied that I'm I'm in, like if I think of how fortunate I am to have my four kids and stuff and how often I've. Let the world get in the way and work and stress and I'm trying to hurry them on the way to school and the baby's screaming and I'm freaking out. I mean, I can even enjoy my kids being annoyed now, which is incredible. I come down the store the stairs in the morning and when my kids would argue, I'd freak out at them. I'd be like, Why are you guys on the kitchen? It's the first thing in the morning, like you're making the day, you're starting my day off bad. And now they can even argue in the kitchen and I sit mm-hmm. I stay in my bathroom and I'm shaving or whatever. And I just like smile to myself and I'm like, you know what? They're having a little argument, but they're still there. They're little people, they're learning. And I think that moment, being able to take and just be great, grateful for, for things is really a sign that you are moving towards success. And maybe we can just segue. I mean, it's, we've been talking about success basically um, anyway. But for me, it's so important for men and fathers to understand or to define what success is for them mm. in a way that leads to real success, not towards the success that we've been. I feel that we've been duped as men, especially into thinking is success.
0: That, you know, today at at work, you know, it's a, you know, it's, we're in August 28th right now. And, um, I'm already preparing for the next 90 days. Right. And one thing I was doing was, yeah, I was reconnecting with my my vision and I was really setting it forward. And the first thing I do is what does success mean to me? And my wife can even tell you, you know, when we were dating, you know, several, several years ago, you know, we had this conversation about success and she said, you know, what does success mean to you? You seem like a very driven guy. And I told her, and it's funny you say this, because when I look back on it in the first conversation we ever had when we were dating, we were at a winery and we're having a glass of wine. I told her, success to me is not about the money I make or the cars that I drive or the house, the big house or whatever. Success to me is being able to be a provider for my family and to be able to support and us to raise our kids and not let somebody else raise them for us. And if I look at my life today, that was success for me, you know, 10 years ago, eight years ago. And I look at my life now and that's exactly what we've created everything that I you know, did. So when I go, and you're right, sometimes we go and we look at other people and say, well, they look at their success, look what they have. Man, I'm not doing what I, you know. When you put that out into the universe, what you want, don't be surprised if that's what you get. <laughs> because be ready for it, right? Yeah, and be careful with what you want
1: because I think that, I think it's quite hard. I mean, you obviously are running your your lead 360 and I've got that, that strong. And it's it's a hard thing to, recognize because because a lot of us will and it's not it's not a lie i mean it's a truth we do it for our family as well right i mean you definitely are doing that so that you can provide for your family but then you're also trying to help other people and it's finding that that balance where that where that endeavor to help others and stuff and whatever we do is not we don't fool ourselves into thinking that is the best for our family when actually it's taking a lot of time away from our family and actually not sewing into that
0: yeah you, you we have to remember that what we say yes to we requires us to say no to something else i mean in business we yeah. call this the opportunity cost right there's mm-hmm. an opportunity but guess what it will cost you something
1: yeah and i mean that's the thing for me it's always that play so you got to be very it's awareness again right it's awareness mm-hmm. because when i did the dad's the dad's strong and I, I look at my podcast and thing and then i look at them and i go okay monday why am i doing a monday meditations so okay get up my kids are all asleep so i'm like okay cool no time taken from children and then i go well it's helping me focus every Monday and, and, and appreciating and looking at the lessons I learned. So I'm like, tick, that works. That's cool. And then I think, okay, I'm on Anthony. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a podcast on Friday night with Anthony. Um, how is this sowing into my life at the moment? Like, yes, it's, 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 it's developing that strong. It's maybe getting more lessons. Eventually there will be money, yeah. but I can't let it just be a money thing. So then I know that is, it has, how, how much has it benefited me to talk to guys like Brandon, Lilly, Ryan, Mickler, uh, Bert Soren and all these guys. And I know that it's so, such a lot into my life and as a person as a dad and then i can go okay that's cool Um, and i got this third one which i have to then reflect on as well and say is this is the the dad life international podcast sewing into my life but i get up at 5 30 in the morning and i'm up and i do it in the morning so it doesn't take family away and so and i've started to do things so um what's the word so easily what's the word um when you do things quickly um, efficiently, yeah. that yeah. now it's fine. And I can look at it and I can go, okay, fine. But if I want to start working on a website now doing a whole lot of stuff, I know that that's going to start eating into my family and it's not going to be beneficial. So I'm like, focus on the podcast, get the podcast good. It's, it's benefiting you in many, many ways. It's definitely sewing into my relation with my wife is the best it's ever been. My relation with my kids is the best it's ever been. And so then I go, okay, cool. And I think that's the thing that I, that's how I measure my life. I go, if this thing is taken away from my family and that's why I had to quit the iron council at once there because something had to give and I was like wow I'm loving being part of the iron council leading and doing these things it is pushing me but if I'm doing an hour battle team call and then getting on the Friday call and then being on the brocker team call and then I'm I'm also calling guys the whole week I was just like wow this is a little bit too much for me and my family and although I love to be there with you guys and it was it was amazing and I'd love to be there still I was like well something's got to give and and that's why and that's how I do it now. I really, but you have to be super aware and you have to really weigh it up.
0: Right. And I, and I think where a lot of people, you know, fall short is that we don't realize how much time we, we have to allocate to these things, right? Like, you know, this, this, this is a, a podcast episode, but if we take all this time just back and forth, back and forth, and we don't give ourselves a window of opportunity, then we miss other opportunities. Um, and I, I love what you said about, is this feeding me? Because I think what I love about speaking and, and, and coaching and training people is it holds me accountable too. Stay with yeah. Absolutely. Because if, if I'm out here changing the world, but I don't change myself, like what <laughs> yeah. good am I doing? And, yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, and, and if I'm over here, you know, I don't want to be a just a preacher. I want to be a practitioner. I want to make sure that what I'm teaching, I'm actually living myself. Because if you don't, then you're out of integrity. And it makes I think it does more harm than good. It does even more harm than just you know, you know, then, then good whenever you're sitting here telling people what to do in their life or helping them through their life, but you have your own stuff you're not dealing with as well.
1: Mm. No, I agree with you a hundred percent there. That's what it's been like for me. I think I've, I didn't say that it's just that accountability, knowing that I have to put it out to you. And, and the thing is, I want to be an, an honest person. So I want to be able to come on a podcast and actually say something that's actually true. And that's actually real or something that I've been through and at least have some, some kind of progress and, and, I admit my mistakes and I think that's fine but it definitely does keep me accountable so that's another thing that's right but we kind of jumped in this podcast the wrong way around I suppose so we kind of like just <laughs> dive into all these things and I wanted to get to know a little bit about you because I'm actually yeah. very interested in actually knowing you I mean you said you obviously grew up with a father um, you left home you lived you you were homeless for a year and a half which I had no idea of um, it's kind of strange that I spent a year in the Iron Council and just, like I said, I didn't yeah. even, like, get to know you. I was so obsessed with myself, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but well,
0: let's um, do it, I'm, I'm ready. Let's to Let's jump so in. So, like,
1: like, just tell us a little bit. I mean, because I think I think it's very clear, Anthony, that you're someone that has 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 thought a lot about stuff. You've done a lot of things. You've done a lot of thinking. You've you've been intentional, which is another great word for fathers. You know, you've been intentional about where you're going, what you've done. Um, where you headed with your wife. As you said, you, you defined success then and you defined success that way. But what were the things that led you to where you are today? I know that you've been in the Navy and you've done some other things. So maybe you just want to give us a quick rundown of of your life and, and what led you to this this place.
0: Yeah, you know, I, you know, growing up for me was um, really a, a rough time in my life. You know, while most, pe- while most people were really, you know, growing up with mom and dad together and kind of living that, you know, what we would call probably the American dream or whatever you know life for me got chaotic really early it got it got chaotic really early my dad left when i was about 2 years old he uh, you know he he left the house chased a drug addiction that he still battles with today now the irony of it is we have the same name and we look exactly alike <laughs> so you know that's something that you know is something that i you know i have to deal with but it's it's all good <laughs> you know um and in and, and my mom she worked multiple jobs to raise four kids i'm the oldest of four and um, you okay. know me too we, yeah, we we you know we for us it was when the rent was due and, and the lights were cut out. It's time to move again. So we had to bounce from you know moving all over the place. There was really no steady, you know, roots planted, growing up and, and having steady friends and steady you know uh, circumstances. Everything was all over the place. And for me, it was you know here we go again, right? This is what's going to happen again. And um, and so for me, I had to be I had to grow up really fast. I had to grow up um, uh, at a really early age. And at eight years old, you know, my, my mom would have a, a, a nervous breakdown and, and she would attempt to, you know, take her life wow. by overdose. And, um, you know, we, we found her in the living room, laying on the floor. And, you know, as I'm sitting there holding my sister, I had to tell them that it was going to be okay. And I didn't know if that was going to be the truth or not. I, I just knew that, hey, everything's going to work out. And it did. I mean, here I am today. But that was, that was a time in my life where, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty. And so, you know, we would go on to live, uh, with another family for most of, you know, my, my elementary and middle school, and I would, um, move back in with my mom around middle school. Now this time she would marry to, who is now still her husband today, but we would consider a stepfather. The only problem this time was he dealt with an alcohol addiction. Um, it wasn't drugs, it was alcohol. And, uh, you know, he did the best he could with what he had. And I graduated high school first of my, my family to graduate high school and, um, and so, you know, I, and so, you know, I graduated high school and we had a kind of a get together. Everybody was celebrating, you know, graduating high school, everything's good. Well, on that night, I got punched in the face by that man, the person who was supposed to protect me, you know, provide for me, oh, well, a father figure. And I, I got punched in the face. And um, that was really the last straw for me. You know, I, I, I decided to, you know, as I picked myself up off the floor, I picked my bags up and I left home. And I, I, I lived from couch to couch, literally trying to, you know, bounce from mill to mill for mm. about a year and a half.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I did a kind of a similar, actually, I was smiling because I had I I don't want to speak about it maybe, but I had a similar experience. I didn't end up on the floor, but um, I remember a similar experience happening when I was 22 when I left home as well and just thought, this is it. And I went and just did my own thing, you know? So then what, so then when did you join them? Did you join the Navy or the military first? The Navy. Yeah, Okay.
0: That was about was about about 19 years old. Yeah.
1: Okay. And so how did that work out? How did that you're still in the Navy now?
0: I am 17 years later, here I am today. I got three more to retire.
1: Okay. And how has that been? What in what capacity were you in the or are you in the Navy?
0: Yeah. So right now I'm in the medical field. I'm a nurse by trade, but I came in okay. enlisted as a E nothing from the bottom barrel. You know, for me, it, it came after working a lot of multiple dead end jobs, hard work, mm-hmm. um, working, you know, jobs on a ranch. I worked in a in a lumber yard. I worked in a lot of, you know, hard things. I, yeah. I had to really look at my life and realize that, you know, this can't be it for me. Um, that this can't be the end result and this can't be how my life's going to turn out. And I had to make a decision. And so what I did was I, I went to the recruiter and I joined the military. Mm-hmm. I, I, I told him, hey, you know what, here I am. You know, I'm ready to join. And um, so I did. And I never looked back. I I, I joined at... Yeah, eighteen. I turned nineteen in boot camp, and I never looked back. Uh, came in from the, as an enlisted, got a medical position, and yeah. ran with it. And you've
1: had the opportunity then to like use that in, in in helping other people, haven't you? I mean, that's been quite a big part of your
0: life. Yeah, you know, um, th- I, I made rank really fast. Uh, I was able to promote very quickly, and um, you know, within three, I'd say three to four years, I was working with the President of the United States, President Obama. In like what, what how <laughs> well, I, was, I was on his medical team so when he came to get you know medical care we we took care of him and here i am you no know way. at the white yeah at the...
1: <laughs> oh, jeepers man that's amazing
0: and you also you weren't you you you
1: helped in haiti as well when uh, when the storms ripped through there and well i mean how was that that's that must have been pretty intense
0: yeah you know um so i got picked up for a commissioning program where um you know they basically you apply and you get selected for a commissioning as an officer And what happens is um, you go to school. And so I went to school for nursing um, and it was paid for by the military. And during, during nursing school, they allowed, they, you know, offered us an opportunity to go to Haiti to help out after the earthquakes.
1: Okay. And, and you had, were you at NASA this year, giving a speech or something? Yeah. So
0: so, uh, what was interesting was, you know, um, for the work that I've been able to do, your kids are going it. off
1: there, bro. Awesome.
0: Yeah. No <laughs> worries, by the way. It's the Dad yeah.
1: Strong Podcast. I have it often. <laughs> I've had kids. You know, Chris, um, what's Chris's surname? He used to be in the, uh, Chris Bell, obviously. You, you remember Chris yeah, Bell? Yeah, yeah, His daughter was doing like gymnastics, like behind him on the one podcast, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're making a noise, no worries. It's nighttime here. It's already, it's already quarter past 10 at night. So where are you actually based, by the way?
0: I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. So you just, six? yes, you Eastern time. Okay. Yep. Eastern time. It's four 15 right now. Yeah. Yeah. So then
1: obviously, so you became a dad then five, five years ago or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I got my commission, went over, served in Haiti, um, came back and, uh, interesting enough, you know, I got back and that was really the turning point in my life was going to Haiti and really seeing people that really didn't have anything and how, you know, grounded they were with bare minimum, you know, no running water, no food to eat and um, I got back and it really just helped me ground me into you know who I was as a person and it actually led to me forgiving my father calling him out of the blue Mm. and just calling him to forgive him for the way that he was Mm. Um, and a year later I would meet my wife and two years later we would be married and have our first son and um, I was a new commissioned officer I got newly married and we had our first son and I was on my way out the door for another deployment so (laughs) a lot of stuff
1: happened. So how many deployments have you been on?
0: Oh man, over the 17 years, I've had four deployments so far. And, and how been, long
1: How long are those?
0: They're usually from six to eight months. Um, this last one I went on was actually to New York and it was for you know, a month, maybe I think it was okay, a month okay. for the COVID response, yeah. And before that,
1: have you had like long um, months with the kids, if you had been away for like a long period of time since the kids are born or
0: not so Luckily, much? my enlisted career, I had most of my deployments, but uh, the one that I had with my kids, I was gone for about eight months and that was to Southeast Asia. We went to you know, eight nine different countries and you know my wife was we had one and a half year old and then we were pregnant with our second kid yeah my
1: my brother-in-law's in in the british army actually and it's harsh man he's been on deployments to obviously afghanistan during you know and all those things during his kids his kids you know his kids life and stuff it's been harsh for my sister like being alone there with the kids and just him being away and i just respect bro it's like it 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 must hurt sometimes, I think with some of the attitudes i mean i'm in I'm in Germany, so I don't see it that much, but some of the attitudes towards some people that are serving the country and stuff for me sometimes seems a little bit um short sighted you know when the sacrifices that people are definitely making, whether the government is right in sending men to war or not it's just like you guys that you know you're not even in my country, but I just think to go away from your family to have to spend that time away for the sake of the country that you serve is just I think it's it's heroic, and I think it's it must take a lot to be away from your family. I I can't imagine. I, I I got divorced, and I spent like, you know, I only had my kids like
0: every second weekend for four days, and that was like too much for me, you know, and I think right. some dads are away for ages. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it, it's a different lifestyle for sure, and I'm, I'm just very lucky that my wife, you know, she gets it, she understands it, she's a veteran herself, but you know, I always love when people say, man, you're just so lucky, you know, you're lucky that you know, you had you know, all these things. I'm like, yeah, but you don't realize the sacrifice that you have to make uh, mm-hmm. to, to have a lifestyle that you have for sure. Yeah. But I think that's, and I think that's important, man. I
1: mean, as we like get closer to the end of the show, it's just like in the world today, it's like this, like you said, at the beginning, it's just, it's just so much expectation and entitlement. And a thought that you're just going to get what's yours without doing the work. You're just going to get what's yours without suffering. And I think I'm not going to minimize anyone's suffering and I'm not going to compare my suffering to someone else because we're all individuals. But I think no matter what your suffering is or no matter, no matter what your life is like, there's always the opportunity to get out of it. There's always the opportunity to turn it all around. There's always the opportunity to make the most out of you, out of yourselves. And I think what happens is we start to compare suffering and who's more suffering and who's more being treated like shit and what's happening. And you know, if they would help, I've said it quite a few times on the show, if they would help, Think great. If whining, complaining and, 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 and gnashing your teeth about your past and what's happened would help people, I would say, great, do that because that's helping you. But I just, I see your country especially at the moment. And I just think that it's a taking ownership of whatever your life situation is that's going to make the difference. And if you're a dad, you've had kids, you take ownership of that role, number one. And if men would start taking ownership for when they have kids, <laughs> Every dad, if that would be like a prerequisite, because unfortunately, you don't need a permit. Unfortunately, you don't need any like government stamp. Yes, you can have kids. Anybody can have a kid. And it's the most, it's, it's more important than getting a driver's license. You know, when you're a dad, you need to know what it requires and, and, and you need to w- know what you need to work on yourself to be that dad. And that's why I do this. That's why you do this. That's why Ryan does what he does, because we know the significance of being, as you say, be to have, being that man. That then when he has kids, he's not raising another idiot that's going to go run on the street and go destroy stuff and just lose his mind because he doesn't have anything else better to do um, and not not make a difference. Because what I'm seeing right now is a lot of noise without really much action. I'm going, how has anybody since this whole thing started with COVID and then we've had these obviously other tragedies that have happened, which are tragedies. And I'm not going to go into details about who did what because we know it's wrong. But what's happened? I don't know. Have we
0: moved forward? in the last few months, is anybody better off because of this? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, the world is hurting for leadership right now. The world world is hurting for leaders, for men like you and I, and for those who are listening to this, who think, you know, my situation is so bad right now. I think that if you just take the first step, just identify one thing you can do today, whether that's put down the bottle, maybe that's take the first step on your 25, you know, 26.2 mile marathon, whatever it is, just take that first step. And as you go, the how will reveal itself, but you have to have a why. You know, many people right now, they want the perks, but they don't want to pay the price. And here's what I found. You can have the perks, but you will pay a price. I'd rather pay the price on the front end and have the perks on the back end than to have the perks on the front end and pay the price later mm-hmm. on in life. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I just think without a why you're a liability, you know, and a true why that, that is benefiting people, you know. There's a lot of mis, misguided energy and misguided rage and misguided virtue. You know, it's not bad people. It's people that want the best for others, that are angry and and rightfully so about certain things. But the way you go about it, instead of it actually that energy and that reason being something that is a that has an impact for the good on the world, it ends up being an impact that is negative because you're not wise because you haven't developed that character because you haven't developed that resilience that anti-fragility to be able to actually weather those storms and then because i've done it in my life anthony so many times like i've given into like we talked about the anger i've been angry and maybe it was right but by letting it out and 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 letting everybody know and getting angry I, i don't know when it has ever been of benefit that i've got angry I can only imagine maybe in a wartime situation or when someone's harming my kid, when I've got angry with drivers on the street, but most of the time, 99% of the time, that anger could motivate me to do something really good. But usually when, it's, when, I'm, when I haven't developed that character and become that man that I'm supposed to be, it's just harmful, man. And that's why you gotta be very careful when these emotions come up and trying to make justice. Like Jordan Peterson says, you can't make your bed, but you wanna go and change the world. Like, come on. Come on, Isn't you're not going to, truth. you're just going to make, you're just going to cause shit out there. If you
0: aren't able to get your own life together first, you're not going to have a positive impact. Trust me. That's <laughs> right. And, you know, and, 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 I think it takes, you know, what you're saying is, you know, it's a difference between being emotional driven and discipline driven, you know, that's a whole other podcast. But what I, what, what yeah. I found is that when you're driven off of emotions, that's why people say you become an emotional wreck. I've never seen somebody say you've been become an emotional creation. It's emotional <laughs> wreck. You see, But when we focus on discipline, we know how to channel that anger into the right avenues. And even in wartime, even in, you know, I'm a nurse by trade and I've had to deal with people dying literally in front of you. You have to be driven by discipline and you have to be able to control those emotions because if not, people's lives could be at stake. And that's what we're seeing now. People who are acting yeah. off emotions and they're killing people and they don't realize that bullet is real. It's not a game.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I mean, it's a metaphor for life. And, you know, it, it, it is life and death with our kids. Let's be honest. You know, it's life is not always and death is not always physical death. It's like a lot of people are walking around dead um, yeah. and are alive, you know, and our kids, you only get one shot, bro. You don't get like a whole bunch of replays. It's not like your kids are 18 and you go, oh, fucked that up. Let's go back to the beginning and let's do it again. No, it's, it's one time. And so it's so vital that like you say, start now. Like now after this podcast, like you said, guys, take stock like of where you're at right now and think about your life. Yeah. You know? Wherever so, you are right now, yeah. right,
0: wherever you are, you can't go back to create a new beginning, but you can start today to design a new ending. There's a lot of things that I wish I'm sure you Tom as well would love to go back and change. Yeah. But that's not for us to change. It's for us to accept and then move forward looking at how we can we design a brand new ending so that my story doesn't end with what I did, but it, it ends with what I'm going to do and my intentions today.
1: Awesome, bro. Anthony, yeah. man, it's been so awesome to connect with you. I hope we get to do it again. I'm sure we will. But um, yeah. it took too long. But uh, <laughs> where can guys, where can guys uh, get, get, in, get in touch with you, check out your stuff that you're doing?
0: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at an Anthony Wait Official. Um, you can go to Facebook and see me there. You can you know, join the Lead360 group. It's a leadership and development group that I have. It's free, 100% jump on there. We have calls every Thursday nights, And um, we, it's a like, like-minded individuals coming around, talking about leadership, deep diving into you know, influence, connection, and really how do you make an impact in the, in the lives of those you lead and those you love. Um, and then uh, you can go see my, my uh, website at Anthony Wade Speaks. Um, there's a lot of good information there. The podcast, you know, of course, is Whose yeah. Or Is This? Um, and hopefully I can have you on my podcast, man. I'd love to, to bring you on and, and just share your message with the world, man. I think we have so much more to talk about, but for the sake of time, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for, my, for when I have you on mine, but I'd love yeah. to have you um, join awesome. me and, and we can carry this conversation over to that side as well.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. I mean, because I'm glad you're in Eastern Time, dude. You know how hard it is to organize podcasts with the people. It there's <laughs> oh, like nine, like <laughs> like I'm trying to like get all these people in a row. You in Eastern Time, JP Denell's on like a Central Time, and then Rudy Ray's is on, um, Pacific Standard Time. Oh, I'm yeah. to, like work out who's when, and it's like it's tough because obviously if it's nine hours different, so yeah, man. At least I Eastern think, Time guys. I think it was are, really are, easier, it really impacted I'm, me because I didn't see I didn't talk to you when I was in the IC, but I saw you, and it was weird for me because when I didn't know better and I was. I, ignorant and I'm still ignorant to a degree I was like who's Anthony Wade guy everyone talks he doesn't say much he's not really like posting here. he's not really doing and then I started to realize that and that's why I encourage guys to just hook up with you because you're a guy of action and that's totally 100% clear it's like you are about putting it into action I know that you are doing speaking and stuff but I think that that's that's what I respect and I love it when it's not a big noise and a big look at me and stuff and I think that you're someone that's just that's inspired me from afar and I probably should have connected before and, and not think that, you know, I'm, I've, I've been more of the, the vocal like person and, and I've started to realize that that doesn't really move you forward, you know, especially when you don't know much and you're just voicing your opinion all the time. It's like, yeah, yeah. I kind of used it to kind of whittle it down and, and realize it was actually a sounding board sometimes I'll throw it out there and realize, well, actually, you sound like a fool and um, you sound like you don't really know what you're talking about. So I suppose I learned something, but bro thanks so much man enjoy the rest of your day i think it's only 4 30 in the afternoon there now
0: that's right i'm about to have i'm about to go play with the kids and then have dinner with the wife i'm gonna cook some dinner for me and the wife put the kids to bed and just have a date night in dude thanks so much date night brew don't say date night i haven't had one
1: of those in so long so i have to do one of those you got some work to do come on but thanks for your time <laughs> brew. really man
0: appreciate it thank you thank you it's an honor man thank you
1: So that brings an end to my conversation with Anthony Waite, really stoked at how after every episode I'm feeling more challenged and motivated to take those extra little steps to do a bit more thinking. I commit myself once again to being the best father, husband and man I can possibly be. Hope you guys enjoyed that as well. If you did, please share this podcast with whoever you think might benefit from it. Follow us on Instagram, check us out in our Dad Strong Facebook group, really trying to grow this movement so that it can get out there to as many men as possible. Hope you guys are doing the work to develop strong minds, strong bodies and most importantly, that strong character so you can love your family actively, lead effectively, and leave that legacy. So until next time, stay dad strong.